0: We're back, Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group on a Wednesday. J.P. Shadrick all alone today on the desk. Everybody down in Miami, the team has arrived in Fort Lauderdale. They're ready for the game tomorrow. An 8 o'clock scheduled kickoff time for the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Miami Dolphins in preseason week three. Toe to leather at 8.15 officially tomorrow night. We'll have all that coverage tomorrow. 5 o'clock with the public tailgate show. And then 7 o'clock with countdown to kickoff. As always, our uh, guest, uh, first guest today on the phone line joining us, is always a part of countdown to kickoff and Jaguars post game. He's proud of the Jaguars running back and our good friend Fred Taylor. What's up, Fred? How you doing, man?
1: I am great, JP. Uh, first off, uh, you know uh, uh, we live in a technology age. Yes, I know we're live. Yes, we got it's a bit different than the, the show sometimes. Uh, but look, man, Xfinity. We got to get it together. <laughs> yeah. We got to get it together. My telephone line is out.
0: <laughs> oh, no. We're on the cell phone now, and that's technology for you. It happens just fine. And uh, we're, we're glad to have yeah, you. Thanks yeah. for battling through I'm for glad you're, you
1: know, you're, you're a consummate pro. You're able to make that adjustment. So I appreciate you, boss. I
0: well, appreciate you uh, coming on this program today. Um, I got to start with the dress rehearsal week as a former player. I mean, back, I mean, obviously, when you were playing in the early days, especially. Um, you guys played pretty much every week in the preseason. Uh, how much yeah. time did you need as a starting running back for you personally to be ready for the season?
1: You know, every play was uh, grip it and rip it. I tried to score <laughs> a touchdown every time I got the ball, JP. <laughs> and sometimes people didn't like that. <laughs> but I wanted to, in those first two preseason games, I wanted to be look, let me show you what I got, coach. I'm, pre-season, I, I'm uh, uh, midseason ready. Take me out of the game, man. You know, and uh, I really tried to do something big, and I hope the linemen had, you know, created a couple holes early so we can we can be on the sideline eating the uh, sunflower seeds and sneaking eating the hot dogs. You know, that's what we were after, after the first pre- first two preseason games. The dress rehearsals were a bit different. This is when you're completely locked in. You're treating this game identically as it's a, a regular season game because you want to go through everything that you've, Tend to go through, you know, as a veteran, uh, for for preparation for a regular season game. So, for me, it was making sure I warmed up at the right time. Uh, um, I had my the trainers stretching at the right time. I wanted to make sure I would get my back, you know, stepped on in the in the locker room at the right time. So I was going through my routine, uh, uh, in at the third preseason game uh, to start out. And I, my visualization techniques was all about uh, uh, the same as what I would do during the regular season. So I really treated that game and, and, the, and, and the pregame part and the whole entire piece as if it's a regular season game. And I attacked it that way once the ball kicked off. And I really paid attention to uh, 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 the situations of the game, you know, how I many carries I'm getting early, tempo, when to hit it, when not to hit it, all that stuff. So uh, if you're going to be a pro, this game was a very serious approach, and, and, and I needed it. I really needed it to to make sure, from a confidence standpoint, I was ready to go for the regular season.
0: What do you want to see out of Leonard Fournette in Thursday night's game? Since he hasn't played yet in the preseason, how much? How long? What do you want to see out of him?
1: Well, I want to be able to see him hit that you know flip the switch uh, because they haven't played. Yeah. Now you go from. You know, we're 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 being told that we're getting game-like reps in practice. Are we really? You know, are we doing enough in practice? So I want to see him, you know, be able to flip the switch and say, "All right, this is fully live." Uh, being able to bend his knees, lower his shoulder pads, run through contact. You know, find those lanes that are going to be there, uh, and, and create some when some aren't there. You know, I just want to make sure his pad level is great. Uh, he's running through contact and getting his feels, you know, uh, uh, getting his feels before the regular season uh, comes along in the next couple weeks. Uh, and I want to be able to see him on, uh, uh, when he's in there in passing situations, uh, as he's been in there a bit more through practices, third downs. He's done some solid pass protections. I want to see, be able to see a little bit of that because I'm pretty sure the Dolphins are going to have a, you know, they want to see their blitz packages. The ones they want to see what they have on from the defensive side, so I'm pretty sure a couple of blitz opportunities will arise. And so I want to see uh step in there and, and protect foes.
0: Pride of the Jaguars running back Fred Taylor with us, the Jaguars offensive coordinator John D. Filippo gets his starters out there for the first time in this preseason. You know, and talking to him the other day and hearing his press conference, you know, he understands that the performance of this offense is not going to really say what's going to happen in the regular season, but there's got to be somewhere down in there. You, you want these guys to perform and have some kind of move the ball, have some sustained drives on offense and, and show pretty well their first time out
1: there. Of course, without a doubt. I mean, that's why they prepare. They, I'm pretty sure in a perfect world, they would like to go out there, you know, the first possession of a, of a ball game and, 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 and hit a big play, hit a, a big run maybe to start the game, or even a big play, or vice versa, whatever comes first. They don't care. They want to see it, though. Uh, and then they want to see it capped off with a touchdown. So, you know, something like a 3-4 play, big play, big play, a decent run, uh, or a big play, big play, a nice, nice pass pickup and, and a touchdown, Four or five play strike, they would love to see that, you know. And then in a second position, possession, they would probably want to see let us um, have some sustained drives where we're executing third down because that's a big part of it. Let's see how well our uh, our quarterbacks and our, our receivers, you know, let's see if they're on the same page with, with communications, with audibles if some arise, and and a few third down conversions. I'm pretty sure they would love to you know, come off the field after the first two possessions with, you know, 20 plays in the bag and 14 points. Uh, And, and, and again, no matter how many plays they put out there, they want to see execution, you know, in crunch situations. But more importantly, J.P., the thing that we haven't seen the first two weeks is points. They want to see points (laughs) more than anything in the world. They don't care. They just want to see points, our offensive coordinator.
0: Get it on the board somehow in this game against the Miami Dolphins yeah. and, and get some points. That's a, that's a good one there, Fred. Uh, offensive line, you know, it sounds like uh, the, the list of players not playing did not include Cam Robinson. So by that, it sounds like he's going to get some time tomorrow night. I think I'll probably believe it when he runs out of the tunnel and he's you know running out of the, on the right. field to start the game. But you want your five offensive linemen together at some point in the preseason, and it seems like, Maybe not for long, but it seems like they might have that tomorrow night. How important is that for continuity up front, not just, you know, in the run game, but as, as an offense to have those five guys together is pretty important.
1: It's important for uh, not only the offense, but, you know, the, 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 those guys, each guy, the guy next to him, I'm I'm listening for a, a specific voice, you know, a certain pitch, you know, these guys have to be able to communicate, especially. Uh, and, uh, at the opponent's home, when when it's loud, you know they have to be able to trust each other. Know how uh, this guy is an overstepper on certain plays, or if this guy steps tight, you know, and and, and shallow or tight and vertical uh, in, in their you know pulls or zone zone stepping or maybe even their pass set. So it's just one of those field things, um, the gap spacing. You know, uh, back in the day, you know, pop one and you would have to two-foot, you know, two-feet gaps between each lineman. You know, that's still a thing. You wouldn't think it would be the case in the pros. <laughs> but these guys really got to give each other space because of the way they step. You know, little things like that that goes unnoticed to the fan, to the naked eye, they're huge. And, and they're huge for the guys, and it's huge for the offense's success. And then you go from there, it's a confidence Uh, For the quarterback and for the running backs, if I would look up there and uh, Baselli wasn't out there, I'm going to want to trust the guy who's filling in for him, but it's a different thing. You know what I mean? Yes. It it ain't 71, baby. You know what you're getting over there. So uh, it's a confidence thing for the quarterback and the running backs more so than the receivers. They don't care. They just want the ball. They don't even care who's throwing it to them half the time uh, until it goes in the dirt ten times in front of them. Then they cry. (laughs) But um, it'll be a good thing to see all those guys back from a coaching standpoint other guys on offense looking around, just seeing the guys, but you know, the band is back in town and and they want to be with each other, man. That's what the starters want to be with the starters.
0: Right. Of the Jaguars running back, Fred Taylor with us. A few minutes left with you here, Fred, let's flip it to defense. Now we, we heard earlier in this show from Calais Campbell, when I asked him the other day in the locker room, how many reps, uh, how many, how much time do you need in this game? And he said, Well, need's a strong word. I don't really need any time. Uh, I would want a couple drives here or there. If you're uh, Doug Marone, uh, Fred, we're going to call you the head coach for this game. How long (laughs) are you playing the front line, defensive line starters in this game? Ngakwe, Campbell, guys like that.
1: I'm going to play them up uh, until at least two possessions, two or three possessions into the third quarter. I mean, you've been on vacation you know, the past couple of weeks. So I'm going to see what I got out of the group. I want to see what my rotations look like, and you know, I want to see what's the best group that I can put out there. You know, when the team presents me with sub package, you know, I want to be able to throw the rookie, the rookie, and and, and my second year guy, and Taven Bryan. I want to be able to put, you know find a nice personnel grouping in the rotation. Who can I put out there when this guy runs out tired after being out there? You know on a 12-play drive. Uh, Who can I put out there if they come out here in a no-huddle offense? You know, I I just have to, from a comfort level, I have to see these guys. Yeah, it looks good on paper, but I need to see it. I need to see what level of energy I'm going to get from the group and what type of production and who's going to lead who when the real leaders aren't on the field. You know, so it's a, because there's so many many dynamics to that group and so many different uh, uh, pairings that you could put together depending on what the offense presents to you. I need to see it as a head coach. And I I do agree with Calais in a a small sense that, you know, he said he doesn't necessarily need it. I'm pretty sure he was being more sarcastic than, than anything because he's a pro. If no one else in the entire NFL isn't a pro, he's a pro. And he's going to need his feels. You know, he, he wants to go through that. Uh, but like you said, he wants to get out there and get some snap because that's what needs to be done. He's been away from the action. They've all been away from the, the real action. So they should all want it. you know. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing that group, along with Josh Allen with the, the returning starters from a year ago. I can't wait to see him get excited running on that field. With that, with the ones, the guys who are going to start, I'm ready to see what he's going to bring to the table.
0: Let's see some sacks. Let's see some quarterback pressures, some hits. Let's get to the quarterback. Then we haven't been able to really do oh that yeah. in the preseason yet, uh, as a whole, with the second and third groups here. Uh, Fred, hey, thanks for coming on today, man, and we really appreciate it. It's always good to visit with you. And uh, are you going to be at the game tomorrow night? You're in South Florida. Yeah,
1: I, I, I might. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Uh, You know, I might, but I guess of anything, uh, I don't know, JP. I appreciate you, you know, (laughs) bringing me on, man. This live thing, you know, you kept me on the edge of my seat. I ain't used to doing live, you know, stuff. Well, you do the live post game every week.
0: I don't know what you're talking
1: about. Live. That's live. I know, but it's a little bit different, man. I mean, this is for the, 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 the fanatics. This is, you know. I don't know. I lose myself sometimes.
0: It's okay. I, I thought you did a, a fantastic work today in this live program. So well done. See, that's
1: man. all. You know what? I, I just wanted to hear you say that, baby. That's it. I'm right here with you. <laughs> See, <laughs> how I reverse that thing. I set that up.
0: I love it, man. Uh, always good to talk to you. We'll catch up with you soon, man.
1: Likewise, if you speak with you soon.
0: There he is. Proud of the Jaguars running back and uh, an all-around good guy, Fred Taylor, joining us. Uh, he's with us most post-game shows, Jaguars post-game, presented by Smart Workers Pharmacy. We have him every week on the pre-game show as well on Countdown to Kickoff. and uh, Always good to have Fred around for, for fantastic analysis of what goes on. Uh, we'll be on the boards next week again as well for the uh, Falcons game, the preseason finale uh, a week from tomorrow here at TIAA Bank Field, We're back in a moment. Alex Marvez, Sirius XM Radio joins us, and All Elite Wrestling as well. He's made a transition over to the wrestling world. We'll hear from Alex. Uh, he's a Hall of Fame voter as well. Get his thoughts maybe on some of the guys who could be going to Canton at some point down the road. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. For 25 years, we've been cheering on our Jaguars with an unwavering loyalty and commitment. To celebrate this milestone season, swing by Gate and cheers to 25 years with the Jaguars' 25th anniversary collectible cup, only at Gate. Grab your 32-ounce cup today and fill it up with your favorite fountain drink for just $1.25, then refill anytime for $0.99, while supplies last. Gate, serving up more. Pinpoint, the official signage partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, helps business decision makers like you maximize the impact of their brand. Your company's identification, advertising, and even the words you use make an impression on your clients. With Pinpoint as your coach, you can make sure it's a good impression. Pinpoint provides a creative design and production services for anything you need to enhance your brand, from custom signage to complete marketing solutions. Step up your game with Pinpoint and create the ultimate brand experience for your clients. Visit experiencepinpoint.com. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group. Busy schedule coming up at Daly's Place, just outside of TIAA Bank Field. Pentatonix, August 24th. Peter Frampton's Farewell Tour, September 4th, rolls into Jacksonville. Chris Young, September 12th, and then September 14th, UB40 with Ali and Astro. Tickets available, the full schedule as well at Daly'sPlace.com. Our next guest today from SiriusXM NFL Radio, and now all-elite wrestling commentator... And another all-around great guy, our good friend Alex Marvez with us. What's up, Alex? How are you today, man?
2: JP, doing just great. Oh, my God, what an incredible venue Daly's Place is. I absolutely love it, not just because it was the home for Fight for the Fallen, our last AEW event, but just an incredible place to see a concert. If you've never seen a show there, I am telling you, you have to go it is that special an amphitheater one of a kind too in the nfl no other stadium has an amphitheater connected to it like the one that they do and at you know tia bank stadium so i love the place love talking with you hope everything is well
0: all's well man and i can't remember i saw you at a show uh this is probably a year or two ago and i can't remember was it tedeschi trucks yeah they come through every year i couldn't remember which one it was which time it was so it's been a little bit but it's good to good to have you always i appreciate your time uh, as always, here we'll get to the wrestling stuff coming up. You mentioned the fight for the fall, and let's start with a little football though. And uh, you know, there's a trend in the league now, Alex, of the the starters not even seeing the field the first week, especially. But a lot of times, the first two weeks of the preseason, and the in the Jaguars um, look at it here, they're going to go tomorrow night, and probably not next week. So. This is kind of trending toward not having a lot of starters out there and the bang for the buck for the people coming to games and all that. Is this going to – are they going to trim this preseason at some point? Where is this leading down the road here?
2: Well, I mean, the NFL, I think, too, dangling that carrot in front of the NFL Players Association saying that we'll play fewer preseason games. You'll have a chance to make more money with more regular season games. You know, there was an NFL Network report uh, that, you know, there's a possibility three preseason games and then you add another playoff game. In other words, Mm -hmm. making it now where the number two seed, rather than getting the bye, would end up having a play that first week, Uh, you know, and, and you'd roll from there. So it's, you know, I'm very, you know, and you'd add a seventh team, essentially another playoff team in, and you would then have seven against two, three against six, and four against five. And so you'd have, you know, two, 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 you could divide the games, you know, three, you know, th- three on Saturday, three on Sunday. They've been floating on Monday night games, Friday night games, all these different things. But, you know, again, the NFL players, is this something that they want? So far they've been reticent. They feel 16 games is enough. And a lot of them believe, and I think rightfully so, based upon the way that the coaches are handling the preseason, why do they need to add more regular season games? If they're not going to play in the preseason games, who cares, right? They'll right. show up. They'll stand around. They'll They'll watch. You know, I mean, and, and that's exactly what's been happening with the Jaguars. I don't know how to evaluate this team when I'm watching, you know, four quarters of Gardner Minshew. I don't really know. We I mean, what was a 20. 20- can't do it. I mean- you can't. I mean, you know, and I'm not at practice every day, so I, I mean, I can't see the ones on the ones. But what, what they've found, and it's interesting talking to Bill Polian about this uh, from x 7 of course, his son Chris works for the Jaguars under Dave Caldwell, mm-hmm. you know, he was at Colts camp. And what he found out, and I think it reaffirms some things he suspected, but essentially the people that do the, the tracking of player data, in other words, like the way that, a, you know, number of snaps received and how much work are you getting, they've determined that you can almost get as much good work in a scrimmage as you can in a preseason game. So they found ways now, you know, and Matt Nagy did it when Chicago was scrimmaged against the New York Giants. You know, they were able to get some really good work done to the point that he didn't feel he had to play. His quarter, you know, his starters, and he wasn't definitely going to put Trubisky at risk. What you do is, when you got that quarterback in that non-contact jersey, you 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 know eliminate really the risk of any sort of major injury outside of something fluky, a la Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. So teams have found, let's do this. You saw with Cleveland, Baker Mayfield last week; they thought he got enough good work in against the Colts, so they didn't play the starters. Now you see Frank Reich saying, you know what? And he said this earlier today. I don't think I'm going to play my guys. So you're seeing it across the league. You still have some old-school coaches, you know, Vic Fant- Andy Reid, they're going to play it where their guys go a little bit more. That's how they run their programs. But an increasing number of coaches, especially newer coaches, just figure we're not going to get much out of this work that we can't get in a scrimmage. Let's stick with the scrimmaging and try to mitigate injury risk.
0: Yeah, and if you're a starting quarterback, you're, you know, a Pete Prisco, you know him, you've heard of him, told this yeah. story the other week that he talked to Phillip Rivers, and they had a practice against another team where he got 40 throws in one of those practices. Well, in a preseason game that week, he would have probably had five throws. You know, So he's getting more – not that he needs the work, but that's just an example of how much work you can do against a team on a practice field, and it's safe. And then you're, you're – because you know, they're not going to go a full quarter in one of those first preseason games as a starting group.
2: So. Right. I mean, but look, every team is different, right, in terms of where they're at. Yep. For example, a team like the Arizona Cardinals, you know, when it comes to Kyler Murray and trying to fast track his development, you love to get him into a game setting, actually, where there's some things that you're just not going to be able to simulate teams that I mean, this sounds goofy, but teams, with spe- you know, special teams, very rare, you have full speed everyone just hauling butt down field type special teams work in scrimmages. It just usually does – it's hard to simulate that. I think for some veteran teams, teams that are acclimated with a certain system, maybe have familiarity with a coach, it's one thing. But there's others. If you're a team with a first-time coordinator, uh, you know, you want to be able to work on some things. So I think there's no one-size-fits-all answer, but I do think teams are moving more toward let's scrimmage together and and, and we'll roll from there and then we'll use the preseason games, you know, judiciously if you will, to try to see talent. And, of course, when it comes to the fans, I I feel for people who buy season tickets because you're essentially being asked to pay for two games where you're seeing a subpar NFL product. I understand that it's an incredible evaluation tool for some teams. I understand careers are on the line. I respect the game. I respect the talent evaluators who can't get enough film to watch people. But when you charge people full price for these types of things, it's a tough pill to swallow for a league that claims it's fan-friendly. You know, I, I just hope that there's maybe some remedy in the future where the amount that's charged for these games is greatly reduced compared to having to pay for a regular regular season price in the preseason.
0: Alex Marvez with us from Sirius XM NFL Radio and All Elite Wrestling. New offensive coordinator, new quarterback, some new faces on offense around here, Alex. What is this offense going to look like week one against Kansas City? What can you expect from, from Foles and some of the new faces and DeFilippo And Because uh, there really hasn't been an idea of what it's going to be like
2: yet. Well, I think it's going to be a lot of Leonard Fournette. If, if you would, you know, if you continue to read the press clippings and you sort of see where this is going, Fournette out of the backfield, Fournette being a workhorse, you know, type running back. This was the vision for the previous Jacksonville Jaguars offensive coordinator, but it never came to pass, and that was largely because of Leonard Fournette with injury, you lack of professionalism on his part, lack of preparation all of those things, you know, running off the bench and getting into a brawl up in Buffalo, you name it. I mean, these types of things, it's not, you know, we love fighting in AEW, not so much when it comes to getting a guy ejected so he can't play the following week. So does Martin, does you know, Leonard Fournette realize what a pivotal season it is for him in 2019? And he told SiriusXM on the training camp tour that he's, you know, eliminated some of the, the influences, some friends that maybe, you know, he didn't, you know, he realized these aren't positive people in my life. So let me, you know, move on from them. How serious does he take this sport? Because he's really on the verge of being out of Florida's First Coast, in my opinion. Things don't work out this year. You're not going to see a rookie option get picked up, and you'll see the Jaguars go in another direction. And it's a painful loss to have to write off if this is the case, because this is a Jags team that that passed on Patrick Mahomes, that passed on Deshaun Watson, two quarterbacks readily available, at that number four overall pick. Instead, they go with Leonard Fournette, and he has yet to live up to what they drafted him for. You know, I don't know what John Filippo learned on the job last year with the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. This offense was so out of out of whack in Minnesota. And talking to the people up there, uh, they just believed that, they believed. For example, Dalvin Cook was healthy second half of the season. He just wouldn't call running plays. Wow. He got very pass happy. And that's not. And that's what's so strange about the hiring of John Filippo under Doug Marone, you look at a team that says, we want to be a smash-mouth type team. They, they base their signings in the 2018 offseason with that. Andrew Norwell at left guard, I mean, one of the premier run blockers in the NFL. You look at a team that, that just wanted to pound the rock, and then you hire the guy who pounded the rock the least <laughs> of anyone in 2018. Did John DiFilippo evolve as a play caller? And uh, we'll find out. You know, I like Nick Foles. I like him a lot. I think that he's a leader. I think he can do a lot of things that, that Blake Bortles can't. And I, I mean, I like Blake personally. I just realized he was limited as a quarterback. I, I just think there's just a lot of questions about you know, guys. Are they going to step up their game? And you look at some of the at the offensive line right now, Cedric Obihi. <sighs> at right tackle, and then Cam Robinson, you know, in his recovery, is he going to be ready for the start of the regular season? Are you going to be playing someone else at the left tackle spot? I just, I don't worry so much about the defense. I mean, they're going to be solid all the way around. They, I don't think they were a special unit last year, JP. I think they really, you know, that was the one thing. They were a good unit, but everyone got spoiled in 2017 and expected the stars and the moon from this group in 2018, and it just didn't happen. I think the pieces are there to have a really good year on defense. But, again, this offense, too many questions for me to tell you that the problems are fixed. And, again, I don't know exactly what to expect based upon the history of the people involved.
0: Yeah, it sounds like, uh, by the way, offensive line Jawan Taylor is going to get that right tackle job for the Jaguars, the rookie. Um, they got to update that depth chart, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, and it's week three, so you might get an updated one after next week. Uh, Alex Marvez, SiriusXM Radio with us. Final football thought here. Uh, Ngakwe... Uh, had, if you hear the story right, uh, had a contract offer and didn't sign it, so it sounds like he's playing for his fourth year uh, contract number this year. Uh, Miles Jack's contract is coming up. Jalen Ramsey, at some point, is going to have to get paid by somebody. Where would you prioritize those three if you're the Jaguars?
2: Ngakwe one, Jack two, and I'm not a Jalen Ramsey guy in terms of Jalen. Look, he's, he's I think when you show up to camp the way that you did with the whole Brinks truck thing. I, I just, you know what I mean? I, and he didn't have a great year last year. That's the whole thing. It's one thing, if Jalen Ramsey would have played up to Jalen Ramsey's potential, I mean, that's, you know, okay, that then that's fine, and the Jaguars don't want to pay you. I get it. You know, but he didn't. A.J. Boye was the best cornerback on the Jacksonville Jaguars last year. Jalen Ramsey didn't live up to that. And that's the thing that's frustrating because he can be, one of the great players in the NFL, not just cornerbacks, I mean, one of the great players. I think it's smart of the Jaguars to not make that investment in him right now. Let's see how serious he takes this. How serious does he take this season? Does he get back to playing at the same level that he does in 2017? I think in Yannick Ngakwe's case, turning down a contract, it, depending upon the numbers, and I, and I didn't see him, but how do you make back tens of millions of dollars over the course of your NFL career if you turn down an extension in 2019. That's what it comes down to, right? Sure. I mean, if, if that first number starts with a two, and I'm talking $20 million a year on the average, because that's where we're at, even $19 million a year. I, I mean, how do you make back that type of money playing on a contract for a third-round pick that is paying you, what, about a $1 million in base salary this it's year? It's about two and change. Yeah, it's, Two and change. Yeah. That, that's it. I mean, how do you make that up over the course of your career? And, you know, we know what the injury rate is in the NFL. I, I knock on wood, nothing happens to him. But, man, how do you even begin to, you know, do you take that risk? Because you're not going to be able to make that type of money back probably over the course of your career. So you have that. And, and listen, Miles jacket is an extremely valuable piece of this defense. I, I just think, though, Ngakwe's got to take precedence. We'll see what, what's up with Miles Jack too, because the Mike Linebacker market, it, it, the New York Jets, by paying C.J. Mosley, As much as they did blowing out the salary slot, and there is a trickle-down effect. The highest-paid Mike linebacker in the NFL previously was Luke Keekly at $12.3 million a season. And then the Jets pay C.J. Mosley $17 million a season. You see what Bobby Wagner gets from the Seattle Seahawks. Is there a team that says, okay, we have this money available now. We'll pay $17 million a year for a Mike linebacker or $18 million a year. Wow. Do you feel that good about him? Wow. And the one thing that I I don't know with Miles Jack, and it's because it's interesting because it's faded as a story. Remember, he lasted until the second round because everyone said that he had an arthritic knee condition or a problem uh-huh. that was going to be affecting him and shortening his career. No one's talked about that for a long period of time. No, was the med- was the medical diagnosis wrong? Or, indeed, is there a concern signing him to a big-money deal because of potential knee problems that could surface starting in year four of his career? Something to follow with the Jags.
0: Yeah, you're right. We haven't heard that around here in a while. It hasn't seemed to have been an issue for for Miles in his first uh, few seasons in the league here. Alex Marvez with us, Sirius XM NFL Radio. And All Elite Wrestling, the new venture, the Khan family involved in that, of course. And you are part of the commentary crew for All Elite Wrestling how did this all get started with you, by the way? And how fun has it been so far for you?
2: It has been amazing, and you know, Tony Khan and I have struck up a friendship outside of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, just look—a brilliant guy. I mean, he he raises my game when I hang out with him. Let me put it like that. And we, you know, he he knew of me, you know, because I had a background reporting on professional wrestling. And you know, when the, when he and his family first bought the team. Uh, you know, he introduced himself, and, and he told me that. I'll never forget. I met him doing a XM, you know, radio show, uh, you know, previewing the Jaguars camp, and it was in the old locker room, uh, you know, before the neon lights. Uh, that was your suggestion, by the way. I know that. Yes. And, uh, you know, so so we talked about wrestling, but then as time went along, we became closer friends. You know, we went to a New Japan a pro wrestling show in Long Beach together. We are actually all over the TV show when you saw New Japan's uh, debut in the States on Access TV. And he told me confidentially that, look, I'm I'm thinking about starting up a pro wrestling company. I'd love for you to be involved, and I'm not going to turn that down. So that's where things started with All Elite Wrestling and it's a true passion of Tony it doesn't diminish the amount of time that he's spending you know, on the Fulham soccer team or, or you know, with the Jacksonville Jaguars helping with the analytics and things like this. It's just something that, that he's loved for a long period of time he has an incredible vision for where he wants our company to be and I mean already even before our first match on TNT coming up October 2nd 8 to 10 Eastern Time every Wednesday night I mean he has already made a huge impact on the wrestling business WWE has, hits the panic button because they don't want to give us any momentum. They've added Wednesday night programming that's coming up on another cable network because they're afraid of us making inroads. They've signed their talent to longer contracts worth more money because they're worried about all elite wrestling. I mean, it's been, it's been fascinating to watch, you know, the way, the way that the competition has reacted to this upstart company. But I I think we just are going to stay in our lane. We're going to produce a quality product. We're going to produce great wrestling and with a lot of fresh faces, people that you haven't seen every week on TV that are burgeoning superstars or have the potential to become that combined with some really good veterans. It's a very exciting time, Uh, you know, for this company, for professional wrestling, for AEW, comes along at a perfect time. And and Wednesday night is going to be very interesting Head-to-head wrestling wars starting once again. I guess being back on TNT uh, with pro wrestling for the first time in 20 years or so, that's apropos because that's really what the genesis of of TNT getting involved in primetime wrestling to begin with, those old WCW-WWE wars.
0: That's The good old days right there of wrestling for sure. Uh, Here's the schedule coming up for AEW all out at the Sears Center in Chicago August 31st, and then the AEW on TNT schedule starts in October, as you said, October 2nd in Washington. Boston a week after that, Philly, Pittsburgh, Charleston, West Virginia, down the pike as well. Uh, one final question about this, Alex, before we let you go today. I appreciate your time always. Um, how different is it approaching reporting and commentating on wrestling than it is reporting on and interviewing people for football? And, and that, how, how different are the two?
2: Oh, no, it's, it's completely different. And listen, I'm swimming in deep water, okay? I mean, we're talking about Jim Ross and Excalibur, the announcing partners that I've had. I mean, these guys have broadcast literally thousands of matches and are among the very best in their field. Um, before All Elite Wrestling and, and the debut show, Double or Nothing, uh, my experience was 0.0 as far as any sort of call, play-by-play, play, et cetera. So definitely a learning curve. I feel like I've improved uh, you know, quite a bit from you know Fight for the Fallen when I announced that to Double or Nothing. I hope to have opportunities in the future to continue to grow in that regard, but it is completely different. You know, the nice part is I'm not reporting on professional wrestling anymore. I talk about it. I have an incredible background in professional wrestling in terms of all the things I've, I've written about it in the past, but I, I don't have to do that, you know, put pen to paper and, and cover it as a legitimate enterprise anymore, which is nice. I'm actually part of the show at this point, doing a lot of things for AEW, some things behind the scenes, some things like called By the Numbers for our our Road 2 series online, uh, which previews the next show, like Road 2 All Out, uh, things like that. I mean, so it's been an incredibly challenging thing at this point in my career. JP, it's my 25th season uncovering the NFL in some form or fashion, whether as a writer, whether doing TV reporting like I did for FS1 or or announcing for Sirius XM NFL radio. And, you know, to be able to have the chance to learn something new and do something different on top of that at this point in my life, at this point in my professional career, it's been extremely challenging, extremely rewarding as well. I wouldn't change it for a minute. And I mean, the, the best is yet to come. I mean, every week I'm going to have a chance to be involved with a pro wrestling show, on television, on cable television in a different city around the country. What an incredible opportunity for me, and I'm greatly appreciative of the Con family for giving it to me.
0: Excited to see you on that as well. Alex, it's always good to have you, and we always appreciate your time, man. Thanks a lot.
2: Thank you, JP. Be good, baby.
0: Alex Marvez, Sirius XM, NFL Radio, and All Elite Wrestling. Good man right there to join us. We're back in a moment. With some final thoughts and some players to watch tomorrow night. The Jags have launched a new mobile app and secure digital ticketing for 2019. The all-new official Jaguars app features exclusive content, live game streaming, and much more. Screenshots of tickets are no longer allowed this year. So download or update the official Jaguars app on Apple and Android devices. Back with more in a moment It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group of the Jaguars Digital Network.
2: Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders homes model and register to win the take it to the house promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your
1: DreamFinders home. DreamFinders homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle.
0: back, Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group. Final moments, the Jags and the Dolphins coming up tomorrow night. 8.15, the official kickoff time, scheduled for 8 o'clock, but the national television broadcast, so 8.15, toe meets leather tomorrow for the Jags and the Dolphins. Some final thoughts here in this segment each Wednesday. We, uh, John Osher and I usually pick some players to watch. Usually it would be deep tracks, but we're not really doing that right now in the preseason. We're going to pick two players to watch. For tomorrow night. And they're fairly clear. First of all for me Cam Robinson tomorrow. If he goes it sounds like he could get a little bit of time tomorrow night. Uh, It's his third NFL season of course coming off the knee injury. He was just back on the practice field uh, two weeks ago for the first time. Trying to get some more teamwork at some point we think. And it sounds like he's not on the list of players not going. At least Doug Marone had yesterday. Uh, We'll see if he trots out there with the opening group tomorrow. And how much time he gets on that knee. He's been working with a brace on the knee in practice the last week or so. At least the, the periods we've had open to see. He did not have the brace on the first week he came back when he was doing individual and walkthrough only. So that has been a little bit of a, a, little bit of a change for him. Says he doesn't really like it, but he understands why he has to wear it. That's what he told us in the locker room the other day. We'll see if he gets time. That's a big part of this Jaguars offense this year, if they can get their left tackle back and ready to go for week one. It is a tight schedule of him coming back. That's somebody to watch on offense tomorrow night. And on defensive side, you heard from earlier today, for me it's Miles Jack, fourth-year linebacker, Uh, He's controlling this defense. Everybody has raved about his training camp and preseasons. Well, not the preseason. He hasn't played in a game yet. But the training camp so far, he's controlled that defense, getting guys in the right spot, giving them the good looks, and let's see it in a game Uh, tomorrow. The first time with the starters on the defensive side of the football. Let's see what Miles can get done in his four-season big one. Contract year for the former second-round pick. And you heard Alex Marvez there say, you know, everybody kind of forgot about those alleged knee issues that dropped him down in the draft. Um, we'll see as the year goes on here and his play continues if, you know, at some point he's either going to become a free agent or he won't, uh, what happens with the Jaguars with that. That's on down the line. Let's see a little football tomorrow night from Miles Jack. Our schedule tomorrow on Jaguars Radio. It's busy. It starts at 5 o'clock with the Public's Tailgate Show on 1010XL and 92.5 FM in Jacksonville. Also on the uh, uh, at Jaguars page on Twitter. And on social media, Jaguars.com as well. 7 o'clock, countdown to kickoff on the Jaguars radio network. You'll hear from Fred Taylor, Doug Marone, and Pete Prisco. All that coming up at 7. The official kickoff time at 8.15 tomorrow night for the Jags and the Dolphins. Of course, right after the game, as always, Jaguars postgame, presented by Smart Workers Pharmacy on the network. And then an hour after that, the scoreboard show with your calls on 1010XL. Uh, 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, and Jags social media. Our thanks to Tony Smith for coming in today from 1010XL to join us, help us with the audio today. Brent Reaver on the video side, our entire Jaguars.com crew. Uh, Our thanks to Fred Taylor, pride of the Jaguars running back for joining us. Alex Marvez from Sirius XM NFL Radio and All Elite Wrestling. For our entire crew, I'm J.P. Shadrick. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. The Jags and the Dolphins down in Miami, and this is Jaguars happy hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network.